0: Hi, my name's Pete, this is Social Distancer, and we are back, episode 2, 3, one. it's the longest break I've ever had, two weeks, war, two week break, yeah, and it's basically just because I've been so unbelievably busy, uh, but things have changed, eh, things have changed quite a lot, it's Freedom Day tomorrow, on Monday the 19th of July, and uh, quite an interesting weekend, because the human egg, Sajid Javid, has got Covid-19, The health secretary with, you know, his hands on all the data and the best masks money can buy. And obviously he's been vaccinated twice. So here he is. It's really useful. Um, bit of fucking public information. This thing, listen to this bollocks. Hi everyone.
1: I just wanted to update you all that I've tested positive for COVID. I was feeling a bit groggy last night. So I took a lateral flow test this morning and it's come out positive. So I'm now self-isolating at home with my family until I get the results of a PCR test. I'm
0: grateful that I've had two jabs of the vaccine and so far, my symptoms are very mild. I was feeling a bit groggy. Well, thanks for the clarification, you fucking clown. I mean, this is the, the NHS, you probably, I don't know if you know this or not, but you will in a second. You should fucking know it. Although, uh, I think I have told you. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the NHS, I'm back, telling you off why don't you fucking know this thing I haven't told you about yet? The NHS has not updated the symptoms since... Oh, I did a bloody episode on this a couple of uh, weeks ago. Yeah, of course, everyone knows. And they haven't updated the symptoms for the Delta thing. So you'd imagine that when the health secretary gets the thing, he would say, these are, I mean, you know, it's pretty basic stuff. These are my symptoms. I had a headache or I was sneezing or I had a sore throat, or whatever the fuck it is. Who knows? All he said is, I was feeling a bit groggy. Thanks very much. And then we had the incredible fast this morning, when because, you know, it's a freedom day, as it's being called. Um, you know, so that's tomorrow. The idea was that fucking Sausage Johnson would be in a Weatherspoons, probably, um, getting pissed with that you know, right-wing nut job that owns it. Tim Martin, is that his name, yeah? Cool. What a fucking awful name. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, so, you know, he he was gonna be somewhere saying, this is the day that, you can just imagine it, can't you? You know, this is the day that we were were waiting for, you know, we have thwarted the beast, all that bollocks. Well, he's self-isolating and it put them in a very difficult position to think, well, this doesn't fucking look good, you know, on Freedom Day, if he's self-isolating. He's self-isolating because he had a meeting, a lengthy meeting with old Sajid on, on Friday, right? And so did Sunak uh, as well, yeah Rishi Sunak. So it, th- this morning... It came out that, uh, unbelievably, they're going to take part in this pilot. Now, no fucker seems to know about. There's a pilot who, you know, who knows about it. But apparently, if you work for the government, you can do this pilot scheme whereby you don't need to self-isolate, but you take tests every day. And then you can just fucking get on with your life, you know? And Michael Gove used this, apparently, this little fucking get-out clause, to go to a football match in Portugal. I mean, what kind of lives are these people living, you know? Unbelievable. Meanwhile, there's, like, literally 500,000 people have self-isolated in the last week, okay? There's this thing, the uh, the Test and Trace app, uh, pings to tell you that you have to self-isolate because you've been in close contact with somebody with COVID, and this has been described as the pandemic. I mean, of course, like, you don't attack the app. Everyone is saying, oh, it's fucking awful. You've got to change the app. They no, don't change the app. The app is telling you that you've been in contact with somebody with COVID for fuck's sake. Like, you know, get rid of COVID. That'd be a good fucking way of, you know, talk about us about tit. Anyway, they tried to spin this bullshit that they were going to go for the, uh, know the pilot scheme and just oh yeah it's fine although i'm in checkers at the moment in the fucking countryside i'm just going to go to number 10 even though i've been exposed to covid for a fucking long time and then they realized that that went down like a you know kind of sweaty nun so they had to back off that idea and now he is going to self-isolate so it's you know highly embarrassing uh, but you never know. I mean, there's a you know, fair chance that you might get it. which should be tasty, you know. And maybe even I'll start recording episodes again then. <laughs> if the sausage gets it twice. Oh, yeah. A double cooked sausage. Anyway, this week we have got a stonker of a show for you. Richard Donner died like fucking ages ago now. But I love Richard Donner. I loved... No, you can still love dead people, can't you? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, so I love Richard Donner, the director of *The Omen*, no less, the director of *The Director of Scrooged*, no less, which I saw for the first time. Check out um, the uh, Christmas episode for my hot take on *Scrooged*, <laughs> about twenty-five years late. But he will go down in history as the person that brought Superman to the screen. Easily the best superhero. Um, film ever the guys that make Kevin Feige who makes all those makes all those Marvel films the uh, you know kind of superhero films he uh, started out with Richard Donner and he credits him as like you know he this the reason why um, superhero films are kind of everywhere now and if you haven't seen the original Superman starring Christopher Reeve it's definitely worth checking out. It seriously is a very good film. At the time, it was the first the most expensive film ever made. Um, so we've got, you know, fucking, who's Superman's dad? It's only Marlon Brando, for Christ's sake. Who's Lex Luthor? It's only Gene Hackman, for Christ's sake. Who's Lewis Lane? Lewis Lane. It's only Margot Kidder. And they. it's fucking Chris Reeves. Reeves. Reeve. Uh, he was just like a Broadway actor, a bit of a soap star. But he was friends with Catherine Hepburn, which definitely helps. She was 67. He was 22. Rumours of an Affair. I'm keeping Sturm. Uh I don't know. Probably. I mean, you know, Catherine Hepburn, for Christ's sake. And Christopher Reeve was a very good-looking man. Was a very good-looking man. Dead now, unfortunately. Fell off a horse. Do you remember that? Yeah. And, um... You know, Catherine said, come on now, you're going to be a big star, baby. And, you know, kind of pulled a few strings, got him in the room, so the various producers and stuff. The producers kept saying, no, 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 we want a bigger star. But Richard Donner said, no, no, this guy is Superman. Thank you very much. And the rest is history. Superman 2, obviously quite a controversial Um, shoot Donna fell out with the producers and they got Richard Lester to kind of remake it so that's quite an interesting you know kind of story but it's quite a good film nothing not patch on fucking Superman though the original Superman 3 is basically a um, comedy with that dude you know what's his name the guy that was always with Gene Wilder fucking you know the guy what's his name Richard, um, Richard Pryor of course Richard Pryor. So it's a bit of a kind of weird comedy. Superman 4 is just probably one of the worst films ever made. (laughs) So it kind of went down quite steep, actually. But Superman, the original, is an outstanding film. Uh, You watch it, you look at the visual effects. Like, so much of the stuff was uh, kind of invented. So many visual effects were invented. And, you know, the performers are outstanding like across the board the script is great everything about it is fucking great yeah perfect origin story wham bam here is the audio uh, tribute to Richard Donner
1: they can be a great people color they wish to be they only lack the light to show the way for this reason above all
2: their capacity for good I have sent them you why only some?
0: Have you ever seen the sunshine?
3: No, not pork. Sunshine. I didn't say pork. I know you've seen pork.
1: I that sunshine.
0: So tomorrow is the date when all the legal requirements uh, cease. And so people can take their masks off, people don't need to social distance. There's a couple of places like Tesco's and a couple of transport organisations that say you do need to keep your fucking mask on. Thank you very much. But the context of this, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll look in a moment at the international indignation of sausages uh fucking policy if you can call it a policy i mean it's you know murderous it's absolutely murderous what he is doing will lead to hundreds of people losing their lives and i've got to be very fucking careful that i'm not one of them and i'm not you know i'm not being hyperbolic about that i was fucking shielding for a reason you know so let's take a look at the cases (laughs) yeah that'll calm me down right how's it going then Today, this is Sunday, by the way, Sunday the 18th, as I talked to you, today, oh, that's okay then, 48,161, that, of course, we know that, you know, it's many, many more people have got the fucking thing that don't bother to go for a test, I mean, we know this, Um, but you know, that's kind of confirmed cases, and so what's that? That's only um, up by 43% over the last seven days, for fuck's sake deaths within 28 days of a positive uh, test today 25 uh, for the last three or four days in a row it's been 50 or thereabouts so in the last seven days it's gone up by 39.4 percent patients admitted to hospital interesting exactly the same um, rise in the last seven days 39.4 percent today 700 well you know the, the numbers for today corresponding to, you, you know, yesterday and the last couple of days, 740 people admitted to hospital. It's a Sunday, so you know, maybe that these people were admitted on Friday or whatever and it was going to pass down the line on Saturday, or it may be that they were admitted yesterday on Saturday. So, uh, 740 people. In the last seven days, 4,313 people have been admitted to hospital, and in the last seven days, 283 people have died within that 28-day cutoff, and we know that obviously more people have died than that. And um, you know, we're back to that thing of, all oh, right, let's check the fucking um, ONS uh, figures for the death certificate, and you know, fucking 11 days later, or whatever it is. So my little part of Devon here, I mean, it is basically it's gone haywire. It's gone haywire. Um, people tested positive for my local authority uh, it's gone up 18.7% so it is rising it is rising everywhere and it is rising fast and so it is the opposite well, we should be doing the opposite okay? and we've got international um, you know kind of panel of international people brought about by Gabriel Scally, the old Scaliwag um, or from um independent sage Uh, so you know they can do the talking but obviously i'm not happy about this and i do feel like um you know it's not a question of walking between the raindrops anymore so walking between the raindrops it's just too soft and you know if you get rain on you you just dry yourself it's not that fucking big a deal and um speaking of which I was absolutely soaked in the world's worst rain um, storm. Well, not that bad. But it was a very bad rainstorm that I was in. I was fucking soaked to the bone, as they say. As they say in Bonnie, Scotland. So, anyway, I've come up with a new metaphor now, right? Get your fucking head around this. This is the Delta metaphor. Not too sure how I'm going to package this at the end, at the outro. Probably still. will still. I'm not retiring. Walk between the raindrops. You know, because you do still need to avoid the thing. But there's a kind of aggression to Delta that I feel like I need to um, address. Yeah, So, you know, generally speaking, people are not taking this motherfucker seriously as we need to take it. Um, So if there's a bunch of people that randomly violently attacked others in public and you didn't know who they were or what they looked like, and they can give you injuries so bad that you'd be dead 10 days later and every day 50 people are being murdered by these people and 500 people are being put on life support after being attacked by them and you knew that there were hundreds of them in your town or a few of them in your village or thousands of them in your cities well you wouldn't go into the fucking towns you know You wouldn't go into the shops, you wouldn't go to the schools, you wouldn't go in the streets. You'd stay in your house. And you've got a shield, it's the vaccine, yeah, it's a fucking metaphor. You've got a shield, but the shield isn't that good. It's basically pretty good, but it's not that good. In fact, it's still possible for these fucking murderous rampagers to take the shield off you... Discard it, and it still end up dead. So that's how, at least I have to think about the Delta variant. Yeah, it's that aggressive. It's got an R, a R value of eight, for fuck's sake. Now that's mitigated slightly by the, um, you know, kind of protection of the vaccine. So the kind of transmission isn't as big as eight in vaccine people. But we know that, you know, schoolchildren aren't vaccined. Like many, many millions of people below the age of 40 aren't vaccined, you know. And vaccine rates are going down. They've been going down fucking like week after week after week after week after week. And it's not only to do with, um, you know, the older people are getting to the point where it's only the hardcore, like, Fucking nut jobs, <laughs> nut job anti vaxxers who haven't been uh, vaccinated. It's because you know. I mean, they're just like they need to do everything they can in order to uh, get people vaccinated. And obviously, if you take the masks off, kids. If you said now that the big story today is that one of the big stories is that um, kids are only vulnerable children, whatever the fuck that means, are going to be offered the vaccine. Um, 12 to uh, 18 year olds um, you know and, and there's like messages going out to, to young people uh, you know it's basically you'll be okay to get it, like that was the message for a long time now one day last week over 50 children were hospitalised in one day in the UK that is a world record Delta, you cannot fuck with it. I, I can't be uh, explicit. I'm having people get in contact with me who are telling me to self-isolate. Yeah. Now, I'm being very careful in, you know, what I do in terms of um, going out the house. Um, but, you know, I do... Th- th- there are reasons why I think I'll be able to fucking, you know, avoid this motherfucker. But it's I, I can't wait... For the summer holidays, basically, right? I can't wait for the summer holidays, and I hate this feeling of this tension that uh, you know goes alongside, um, you know, getting a bus goes alongside being around people that I know haven't been vaccinated, you know, and uh, you know, so there is a risk involved in that, a big risk. Um, Having said that, you know, I'm quite canny, you know, me. And canny bastard. So hopefully, I'll be canny enough to dodge the motherfucker. Um, so that's pretty, isn't it? Yeah, it's very pretty. But the and it doesn't. It's not helped by um, the sausage. I mean, it's really like from an international perspective, people are lining up to condemn Sausage Johnson. The Lancet had a a, a letter published. Um, signed by thousands, like literally thousands of doctors and scientists all around the world. And like I was saying, Scally has bought, the Scallywag has bought a couple of them together. Now just listen to this, right? If you live in the United Kingdom, it's really important that you listen to this. If you're in Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland, you're, you know, slightly luckier, I suppose. Well, you fucking are. Right, but you know, listen to this. We've got to get a sense of what the fuck is going on in Britain, right? Obviously, in England, I should say. Uh, obviously, if you live elsewhere, then you probably it's probably in your newspapers. Like, you know, there's probably this question going around polite society what the F are the fucking English doing? Eh? So, here we go. Here's like a little montage of different voices. Um, of different, uh, you know, scientists and health professionals who were brought together for an emergency meeting to kind of call out the UK government's experiment. It is an experiment, and it's an experiment that will lead to, you know, people are predicting 200,000 cases a day. That means 20,000, sorry, 2,000 people going into hospital every single day. And that means that there's a huge, huge, you know, apart from all of the obvious deaths, you know. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. Fucking Chris Whitty, that stupid twat. Oh, no, these people are going to die anyway. It's better they die in the summer. Fuck you, you fucking prick. Unbelievable. How dare he? Fuck off. It really angers me, that fucking bollocks, you know. And it's incredible. Like, Whitty and Valens... You Know in any other country, people like those that like those people would walk and would fucking walk. No, thank you, Prime Minister, but I've got a bit of integrity about me. And you know, they're doing the opposite of healthcare telling people it's okay, take your fucking mask off, it's okay, you don't need to socially distance while cases are rising like exponential growth, like off the fucking scale. Yeah, yeah. Um. It is the opposite of medicine, the opposite of medicine. It is making the situation far, far worse. And they're not just the kind of, you know, the front men, uh, or the kind of background dudes. They're the fucking front men, yeah? They're not just the front men, they're the front men, yeah? And they're standing there next to that fucking sausage, you know, whenever there's a press conference, they would have done one yesterday if he wasn't fucking self-isolating now, the prick. Anyway, um, yes, so here we go. Here's a montage of different voices from around the world uh, telling the world how fucking dumb Sausage Johnson is.
4: Uh, Now can I go immediately to Professor Michael Baker from New Zealand, one of the advisors to the New Zealand government. Uh, Coming from a, a country, Professor Baker, that has followed a strategy of not tolerating the virus at all, suppressing the virus entirely. Well, what and very successfully. What is your view on the current events unfolding in the UK?
5: Well, I'm, I'm amazed. And that's why I'm one of the signatories of the letter. Uh, in New Zealand, we've always looked to the UK for leadership. I mean, you have a remarkable depth of scientific knowledge. Uh, you've done incredibly well with vaccine development and rollout. Uh, remarkable clinical trials that we're drawing on. And that's why it just seems so remarkable that you're not following even basic public health principles here. Uh, You started with an approach of herd immunity, of assuming that uh, mass infection with with, um, this virus would protect the um, UK population. And of course, that was rapidly identified as a, a, a completely unacceptable approach in terms of disease burden. It seems now strangely that you're going back to that approach um, given that it has failed so dismally around the globe. So we are, um, and my colleagues in New Zealand, are quite astounded that, that you're doing this despite the amazing expertise you have in the UK. Uh,
4: can I move now to uh, Professor Christina Pagel from University College London and a colleague of mine on Independence Edge. Christina. Hi, everybody.
0: Um, I think one of the reasons I wanted to be on this panel and What I'm most worried about is what, in fact, there was a lesson from leading virologists about this in the Financial Times this week, is the potential for a new variant to emerge this summer. When you have incredibly high levels of COVID, which we have now in England and it's not gonna go away anytime soon, and a partially partially vaccinated population, any mutation that can infect vaccinated people better has a big selection advantage and can spread. And because of our position as a global travel hub, any variant that becomes dominant in the UK will likely spread to the rest of the world. We saw it with Alpha. I'm absolutely sure that, that we contributed to the rise of Delta in Europe and North America. So, so that that's my perspective, is that, is that the UK policy doesn't just affect us, it affects everybody, and
5: everybody has a stake in what we do.
4: It, it, it is absolutely, it's plain, uh, as, as they say in Belfast, um, a blind man on a fast horse can see that this is a strategy that doesn't have the support of scientists uh, universally at all. And I, I, I personally was amazed at uh, some of the comments, the idea that it was a good idea to have uh, the virus spread widely through the population and infect people, make them ill and have them die so that we got that over with before the autumn, go to go in the summer as it was described. And I, I thought, um, uh, that the comments of uh, uh, WHO's Mike Ryan about um, the uh, moral emptiness and epidemiological stupidity of a strategy which was fundamentally based on infecting more people with the virus were, were absolutely spot on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm astounded. This is. Uh, I've been a public health doctor for. Uh, 40 years and I've never heard of a public health strategy like this, as you have heard from some of the experts from around the world. This is not any concept of public health uh, that any public health physician would really recognize, I don't think. Would any of my other guests uh, like to like to come in on this? Stephen, I can see you smiling there. In the, uh, Would you like to give your view on it? <laughs> You're absolutely right. I mean, uh, the, the there is no uh, reputable public health uh, advisor of any kind who would recommend uh, opening up at a time when the virus is spreading rampantly. It it is just defies any logic, any science of any kind. And uh, it is a recipe for to, to just accept that 40,000, 50,000, 80,000 cases a day is somehow acceptable. What we do know and what the evidence is from around the world is if the there is no trade-off between public health and economics, that the right decisions on a public health perspective are the right decisions for the economy. So what they're doing with opening up is both stupid in public health terms and stupid in economic terms. Thank you very much. Can I go to uh, Professor Walter Riccardi uh, from Italy? And and Walter, you are um, uh, President of the World Federation of Public Health Associations, um, a very uh, important international body representing uh, public health uh, professionals around the world. Uh, What do you, uh, do you have a response to Randeep's question?
3: I think that we can quote uh, the ancient Roman that say, to her is human, to persevere is diabolical. Because as Italians, we were struck first in the world outside China. And we already warned our neighboring countries, including uh, UK, that this approach was devastating in February 2020, and is still devastating now. So it's very difficult for us to understand, having a worldwide perspective, why UK, a country that has the best possible public health and epidemiologists in the world, has uh, such uh, uh, figures that advise in a very wrong manner, their government. I think this is something that has to be understood. And this is not, of course, is a matter of internal affairs, but this is becoming international because from England and UK, the virus is spreading all over the world. In particular, I couldn't agree more with Michael Baker, but we are even more closer to, I mean, there are flights from London every day to Europe. And we already have seen in the past that from UK, the virus spread over Europe. So I think that uh, it's impossible to, to sustain such things when the uh, in universal scientific community is saying exactly the opposite. So you have to speak true to the power. And in particular, you have a big responsibility if you are an advisor, the government of a very important country with such important scientific institution, with such important scientific international leaders.
4: Thank you. Can I, can I turn to Professor Salim Abdul Karim from South Africa and Columbia University as well, of course. And uh, Professor Karim, your views, please.
1: Thank you very much, Gable. So I won't comment directly on the issue of whether scientists agree in the UK. I would like just to make one critically important point, and that is that when we are looking at new variants, and in particular, the Delta variant that's now spreading across the world, it is a more infectious, a more transmissible virus. So that means it has a higher reproductive rate, or R0, which we've all come to know. When you have a virus that has a higher r naught or is more infectious, the level of immunity required to suppress the virus and create herd immunity is much higher. So while the older variants could be inhibited by lower levels of vaccine coverage, you need much higher levels. And so it is really not scientifically sound to be easing restrictions when you are in the midst of a rapidly growing epidemic, and in the midst of a highly infectious variant, because it is going to cause, you know, huge numbers of cases.
0: There you go. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, uh, Boris Johnson put that in your pipe and nobody ever says put that in your pipe and smoke it, do they? Do you remember that from the past? And also nobody ever talks about Christopher Wren. Sir Christopher Wren. When I was young nobody fucking talked about anything else other than Sir Christopher Wren. Now you never hear a peep from anybody about Sir Christopher Wren. And also I remember that that fucking egg. He got it fucked up, he fucked up. He said, if you have symptoms, I edited this out because he's a boring fucker. If you have symptoms, then get yourself, do what I do and do a lateral flow test. That's not the fucking guidance at all. Like, he's the Secretary of State for Health, for Christ's sake. You'd imagine that he'd know what test to do. And he's got the old LTFs in the kitchen, like all of us fucking Englishmen. And so you did an LTF, got a positive, and then thought, oh, let's do a fucking video of this one. Yeah. And uh, feeling a bit groggy, do an LTF. You don't do a lateral flow test if you have symptoms. If you have symptoms, you book a PCR test for Christ's sake. You do a lateral flow test if, like me, you're working in an environment which is front, what's it called? Front line. That's what it's for. And you need to kind of make sure that you don't have COVID-19 all the fucking time. So that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and the other thing as well is I'm too canny to catch it. Famous last words, eh? you will be there attending my fucking funeral, like nodding at each other, trying to makaton the sign for, wasn't that fucking canny? <laughs> How do you say you wasn't that fucking canny in Makerton? Please. Um... Email me the answer to that. Yeah, so there we go, there's the show. There's a the show ladies and gentlemen. Now I'm gonna go into the intro, but before enter the outro, but before I do that, I am going to say that. Uh next show hopefully will be in a week's time. Um got a week left until the summer holidays, and then you know, that's when the fucking good times begin. If I can avoid the um despicabilities, but you know, you know me, I'm a mechanic fucker. Uh, yeah, listen. Thank you ever so much for listening. And well, we know this after Sigaross we got a beautiful paranormal blip with Lou uh, confirming biological. Um, what do you say? Biological something. I bodies, basically. He's essentially confirming bodies. Uh, so that's exciting, yeah. And um, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to say all this again in a second. See you later. Episode two, three, one. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, and have a great weekend. Have every day or night. Uh, please let it be great. Now we're going to think of the firefly. One, two, three. Walk between the raindrops. Wear a mask. Open windows yourself. Uh, leave spaces that you don't feel uh, safe. Obviously, and. You know, don't let any bastards breathe on you. Especially these fucking Delta variant bastards. With basically everybody that's got COVID in Britain. Definitely. And it's growing everywhere in the world. And it's a vicious fucking. So, um, yeah, next week, right? We've got going on blip. Lou talking beauty. Uh, beautiful stuff. <laughs> and, um, anyway. No, 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 no. See you later.
6: That
0: music can only mean this is Paranormal Blip And I'm going to go straight into a beautiful um, answer that Lou Alessandro gave a couple of, a while ago now, about ten days ago probably, in a really interesting interview with a funny... Dude, i don't know what his name is but he's got a funny voice this bloke and he asks uh, quite a general question of are you familiar with the history of ufos in the united states I think he is you know but he presses him a little bit on you know what do you mean about have you heard what have you heard you know with regard to bodies or biological um uh thingamajigs that's what Lou calls them Um, So he gives a very interesting answer and he then also goes on to talk about essentially what he's trying to do is to let the government have the kind of um, space to, to kind of work out what they're going to do about all this, you know. And of course, what he isn't going to do is like kind of lay all his cards on the table because that is against the law. And obviously he's not going to do that, you know. So uh, it's quite an interesting long answer, and it's a long one. And I'm not going to come back for the outro. So I'm going to say for the you know end end the end end. So I'm going to say good night and let you fall asleep listening to Lou Alexander. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, see ya. <laughs> Whatever these beings, because there's obviously an intelligence behind the UAPs, they're not random objects or whatever they called it in the uh, uh, DNI report, but um, there's some intelligence that may be superhuman, but can we agree about that? There's an unknown intelligence that is operating these UAPs and manufacturing. absolutely. I think
2: that's quite clear. There is some sort of intelligence behind these things. I, I think that that is probably
6: not, at this point, uh, a matter of conjecture. I think that's reality. And are you aware of the uh, Project Blue Book, the Grudge, uh, Project Grudge, or the history of investigations and some of the the um, crash retrievals, some of the actual bodies that have been found? And, and if you look at the Guy Huddle memo in the FBI vault, uh, there's evidence of these bodies are you aware of that or or not grudge yes i am
2: am i aware of the the notion that there was some sort of uh retrieval of biological samples yes i am aware of that of that notion okay. uh, am i aware that there may have been some u.s government involvement mm-hmm. in that yes i am aware of that as well mm-hmm. um sure if that answers
6: your question. No, uh, you're aware of it, but uh, you're aware that it's true or you're just aware people have talked about it? I'm not sure what you mean by aware. I I
2: am aware that people
6: have talked about it and Mm. I have heard it as well uh, Mm. regarding uh, anecdotally
2: of biological Mm. recovery. Uh, But I have to be very careful.
6: What I don't want to do is Mm. prejudice the jury here. I think
2: Mm. it's important that we continue to allow, allow people to ask the question... Um, and I think it's also important that we allow our government to provide whatever information uh, it can provide and give it time. Look, here's the bottom line: <laughs> not all the government. When we talk about, you know, the government is aware of X, Y, or Z. Problem is, we we tend to we tend to give the government this this uh, this characteristic that is just you know omnipresent capability and it, it knows everything. And, And the reality, it doesn't. When we say that the government is aware of something, well, that may be true. Part of the government is aware of something, but perhaps part of the government is not, and that's why it's so important. Because we have to, you know, we have to give the government time to have a consistent understanding of what's really going on. And I think that's my concern. What we don't want to do is. Is pigeonhole the government in a situation where now it's forced to say something without having all the data in front of it? Look, the bottom line is that there's there's a lot of interesting things happening right now, and uh, it's probably more than anecdotal that that there is information out there that corroborates uh, the idea that you know we're we're not alone. At the same time, you know this I, I've said this before from day day one. This is a process, and we must allow the process to work. I know people are anxious. I know people are, are curious, and I know people want to know the answers, and I want them to have the answers. But I also want it to be done in a constructive way, not a destructive way. And if you know, one were to look at the last three years of our progress, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of people that could argue with, with the fact that we've, we've come pretty far because we have taken a very measured approach and allow the government time that it needs and what is necessary to do its job. And and that is to ultimately later on inform the American people. The worst thing you can do is just slap something together and and say, you know, yes or no. Mm-hmm. And it turns out to be not 100% accurate. I think people are impatient and rightfully so. And I think what we need to do is, I you know, I've said this before, I'd rather have information right than right now. So that's kind of where we are.